0: Parenting podcasts, where I explore gentle, positive principles of parenting through the lens of our Catholic faith. I'm your host, Kim Cameron-Smith, and this is Episode 9. Today I'm going to share with you Dr. Gordon Neufeld's six-phase attachment model. Newfeld is a developmental psychologist, I think probably the most notable developmental psychologist in the canada maybe in north america he's a leading interpreter of attachment science what i really like about him is he draws on a lot of different areas neuroscience and um you know depth psychology and the de- developmental literature so i i like to kind of keep up with what he's doing so this six phase model has been he presented this decades ago and um it became I became aware of it back in two thousand six when his book, "Hold On to Your Kids," was published, and that was for um, a popular audience, so you can buy that on Amazon. He also teaches um, classes through his um, his institute, the Newfeld Institute, where you can take parenting classes. he has classes for professionals and and all this so he has this attachment model. And I just want to say up front that he has developed an entire model that explains how he sees um, human potential unfolding. He sees three keys to the unfolding of human potential. And attachment is one of those keys. The other two are vulnerability and maturation. So he has this Kind of triangle-shaped paradigm, and attachment is only one of the um, sides of that triangle. And I'm going to be focusing on one little teeny tiny bit of that um, that attachment aspect today. So it's these six phases. So first, what is attachment? So many of you listening have heard of attachment. You you know about attachment. So you have an intuitive sense of what it is. Simply put, it is the science of relationship. The science of relationship. Neufeld um, puts forward this definition. The essence of attachment is that drive or relationship characterized by the pursuit and preservation of proximity. I'll say that again. The essence of attachment is that drive our relationship characterized by the pursuit and preservation of proximity. And proximity is not only physical proximity, it's any kind of proximity. It's niness, N-I-G-H-ness, niness. It's how we as humans draw close to one another. So healthy attachment, as soon as you start talking about attachment, as soon as I start talking about attachment, I think of all of the things that I'm not saying. So I will say a little bit about his model and I'll say a little bit of like some of the benefits of healthy attachment, but I feel like there's so much that I can't fit into one podcast, like what the deficits of attachment look like and um, what sort of defenses we can build when we're not um, attached to, you know, we're not securely attached. So I won't cover that. But um, let me just say a few words about what healthy attachment gives to humans. Well, let's talk about our kids. It gives to our kids a secure base. Gives our kids a secure base. When they have a secure base in us, it gives them confidence to go out and explore the world. So when they're at rest in their relationship with us, they, um, you know, they can get on with growing up, basically. It kind of gives them freedom to pursue their passions and their unique identity, to discover God's will for them, right? So when they're at rest in the relationship, they're not preoccupied with um, drawing near to us. They're doing the work of um, of growing up. So that's Whether they're a baby going off to explore blocks across the room or whether it's our college... Child um, leaving the nest and going off to, um, you know, go to college. It gives them confidence that they'll be okay. It makes they know that they'll be safe. So, um, okay. So here's an insight. This is something that Newfeld is um, unique. It's unique about his his work is that he he tries to really uh, drive home that. The human capacity for relationship, it isn't imprinted on our baby and boom, they're set for life. And if they're not set for life, they're damaged and we just have to undo the damage. No, that it takes many years for that human capacity to be realized, many years. And only if the conditions are right, right? So the six phase model kind of leads, um, lays that out. So his, his, it's a six-phase model. It's a paradigm. And the phases ascend, ascend from the simplest way of attaching to the most complex. So just quickly, those phases are one, physical proximity, two, sameness, three, belonging, four, significance, five, emotional intimacy or love, and psychological, and lastly, psychological intimacy or being known. Each phase builds on the previous one, deepening the roots of the connection. And a a child in ideal conditions can move through each phase one year at a time in the first six years of life so that by the age of six or seven, the child can be securely attached if all has gone well. But he reminds us that it's never too late for our attachment potential to be realized, that we can be 30, 40, 50, 60 years old, and we can move to the later phases of um, attachment maturity. Okay, so just, I'll summarize briefly what's in each of these six phases. And again, our children could cover them one at a time a year at a time in the first, first six years of life. So from birth to one, our children seek closeness to us through their senses, through physical proximity. So, you know, this draws a lot on the work of Bowlby in classical attachment theory. So the child wants to be near us, to see us, to smell us. And so that's how they feel close to us. And that's how they're, um, you know, they they start developing attachment roots. The second phase of attachment is sameness sameness, and this is it starts at around eight between one and two years. At around this time is when our children begin to walk, so they can toddle off away from us, and this can set up alarm within them because now they can't hold on to us only with physical proximity. So God in his goodness built within our children an ability to recognize that they can stay close to us through same, sameness. So they will begin wanting to you know, put our shoes on. They want to talk like us, walk like us, act like us, sing like us. And indeed, this is how language acquisition begins, that if children didn't have this capability, they would never learn to talk. So this is nature's answer to them not being able to be with the people they love all the time, even if that means they're just, you know, across the room from us. Uh, But they still want to hold us close. And if we want, if you think about this, if we, we can get ahead of this, so we can hold our child close in sameness, even before he starts putting our shoes on and um, wanting to eat the same cereal we eat, we can get ahead of it and nurture this level of attachment by pointing out how we're the same. We can say, "Oh, look, we both—you know—we both have brown eyes," or, "Oh, look, your look to your thumb—you—you you, you have a um—my in my husband's family, they some of them have this very um unusual." toe. (laughs) And so they call it the arts toe. This is sameness. So if you have the arts toe, it's like you're very proud of this, that you, you know, that you have this feature, right? So we hold one another close in sameness. The third phase uh, can occur between two and three years. And this is belonging and loyalty. Belonging and loyalty So our children do realize at some point that they can't be like us in every way. But they also realize that to be close to somebody is to be part of them, to belong with them. So they'll take ownership of the family. They'll start saying, My family or this is my house. They'll start drawing pictures of their house because you know that's where they belong. So they draw, they they experience that nineness through belonging and loyalty is also a part of this. So they want to be on our side and they want us to be on their side. So we can gather our children by letting them know we are on their side no matter what. Even when they mess up, we can see the good intentions behind what they've done and you know, make it clear to them that we're on their side. The next stage is significance. And this can happen between the ages of three and four years old. The previous three ways are ways of attaching seen in all mammals with a limbic system. So all mammals with the limbic system draw close and attach through physical proximity, sameness, and belonging. But only humans attach through the next three phases of attachment. It's unique to humans, and it requires increasingly um deeper levels of risk and vulnerability. So some adults have never moved past those first three phases. If you know people who seem to only be able to attach to animals, which is very sad, but it's probably true that they feel comfortable with animals because the animals can attach in the same way they're they have you know the same capacity that they do. So we tend to be drawn into relationships with people who reach the same level we're at. Okay, so significance um, significance is just that we know that we matter to that person. We know that we matter. So in this phase, our kids want to be very dear to us. They try to be good for us. They want to really matter to us. So this is how they're seeking this is how they're seeking closeness to us. We can gather our kids, so we don't have to wait for them to seek us through significance. We don't have to wait for them. We, In fact, we don't want to wait. We want to get ahead of it and satiate the need before they start seeking. Because again, these are seeking um, needs. Like they will seek it if they don't have it. But if we can get in front of it and fill the need before they start th- like hungering for it, they can be at rest and they can get on with playing and exploring. So we can do that with kids in this phase by, um, you know, we do this naturally because it's an intuitive thing. So we do this by telling them the story of when they were born and how we picked their name, hanging up um, photos of them when they were a baby, telling them how much better they our lives are because they're with us, hanging up their art, um, talking about, um, things that are unique and special about them, right? So these are just natural things that we do, but they are ways that we gather our children and significance. So the next phase, the fifth phase, requires even greater vulnerability and children can reach this stage um, when they're four, between four and five. And this is, well, um, Newfeld calls it love, but it's basically emotional, uh, emotional intimacy. So when children know they belong to us, they're at peace about that. They know they're significant to us, and they 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 begin to want to give their hearts to us. So this is the stage where um, children will draw little hearts and. Say that they love you. They'll tell everyone how much they love you. This is the stage where they'll uh, they'll start talking about how they're going to marry you when they grow up, or build a house on top of ours so they can be with us forever. These are all beautiful signs that they've given their hearts to us, and we want to protect that treasure. So, no matter her age, ensure your child doesn't think she has to do anything to earn your love talk to her and about her with warmth even when she's made a mistake the final phase the highest stage the deepest stage of attachment is being known being known this is psychological intimacy and children are capable of this at about five years old five or six years old at around this time they realize that this coincides with the time when kids realize they actually have their own thoughts that their thoughts are not your thoughts you'll notice before this stage that kids think that you know what they're thinking but at around 5 a little earlier for some kids a little later they realize that you that their inner their their thoughts are private and this sets um This makes them nervous because they, it's a type of separation from us. So they can feel alarmed, but, um, they draw close to us at that stage by sharing their little secrets with us, by sharing their dreams or by sharing something, um, upsetting that happened to them. So that's how they will draw close to us by revealing themselves to us. And every time, you know, a few, a a few times, one of my kids would say, um, I don't know why I, I, why do I feel like I have to tell you everything? And I just say, it's beautiful. You feel that way because you feel safe with me. And I want you to always feel that way. You know, we all need one person who we can reveal our thoughts to so the previous phase emotional intimacy we all need someone who we can be emotionally vulnerable with at this stage it's our thoughts our thoughts and our opinions our struggles our interpersonal struggles so we all need that one person we all wear masks out we go out into the world including our children they go off to school or to a class and it's just part of um I mean, our brain sets up a defense so that we uh, can get on with whatever work we're doing, and this is a protective thing, which is which is good. But problem happens when our kids or we get locked in that defense. That's and we and we can't let our guard down. So we're supposed to be able to let our guard down and to be um, vulnerable with our family you know for us as adults with our spouses or our best friend or something and if you don't have that you become hardened. So it's not a problem that our children, you know, don't want to share all of their inner secrets with everybody because that that's smart. That wouldn't be safe. You should only share your inner world with people that you know you can trust. Okay, so those are the six phases. And again, these apply to all human beings, not only to children. So in our relationship with our spouse, just think about how those six phases played out. Think about how you went to dinner together and drew close to each other. That way you shared food and then you realized things that you had in common and then you began to feel a sense of belonging together, right? So we all kind of, if we're healthy, we move through these phases. For some of us, it's much harder to, um, reach the, the deeper levels of attachment because they require more vulnerability and emotional uh, health, I guess. Each succeeding phase of attaching, notice that it becomes the answer to the separation experienced in the previous phase. So when they realize there aren't, they aren't exactly the same as, as us, it can feel alarming, but they can get over it and um, come to peace with it when they feel a sense of belonging and safety with us. So, okay, so let me kind of step back a bit and sort of, I was thinking about this. I want to kind of give a big picture to these six phases. I found them incredibly interesting and enlightening. And when I first heard about them, I think I only understood them kind of like as separate little categories. And then over the years, as I became more familiar with them, I understood better how they build on um, each other. And the other thing that I want to make sure to um, point out is that this is a model of human flourishing, but no model of flourishing is complete without a consideration of the transcendent. So where does the transcendent figure into this? Well, within all of us, within every human, is this deep yearning for connection, Because within all humans is this question about the meaning and purpose of life. We yearn for deep attachment. We, We yearn to draw close to, to be significant to, to be known, because it's one of the ways we find our way back home to heaven and to the arms of God. But God didn't leave us on our own, flailing on our own. He's given us one another to make it there. Our moral, spiritual, and emotional develop, development happens primarily within the context of relationships. That is why those six phases are there. We will never be whole until we reach heaven. But here on earth, we get to work on it. We work on divisions within ourselves and between ourselves and others. We learn to understand the darkness within ourselves, our divided loyalties, the places where we're broken, we can work on that now so we move closer to becoming holy while we are still in this world. So that is it for today. You can read show notes for this podcast on my website, including links that you might find of interest. So go ahead and head over to intentionalcatholicparenting.com. You'll find other articles, links to research, and a link to my Facebook page where you can connect with other parents who are interested in the same topics you are. Pray for me as I will for you every day. Have a wonderful day. God bless.